Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the If Only They Knew podcast and I never normally do this, um, this is a quick intro before the recording actually starts but I just wanted to jump on and say thank you so so much for all the support lately, it means the world to me, um, the numbers have continued to rise and we're in charts all across the globe so thank you so much. Um, I know some of you have but if you haven't already please do leave a review, you can do that whilst you're listening. Um, you just go to Apple Podcasts, or if you're already on it, just click click through to the main page. And at the very bottom of that page, you can leave a, a review. And yeah, just be honest, give us some feedback if you'd like, or give us any compliments. I always love a good compliment. So yeah, thank you so much. And I also know that quite a few of you don't know about the other platforms that we have. If only they knew, it's not just the podcast. We have pages on Instagram, Twitter, etc. We're all over the place. You can find most of them uh, via at if only they knew UK or just at if only they knew and on Instagram the same thing but we also have a separate page for all the podcast updates and all like the nice little clips and audiograms and you can find that via at IOTK podcast or you can just go to our website www.ifonlythenewuk.com and everything will be there again thank you so much and enjoy this amazing podcast if only they knew the hub for young business minds. So, welcome back to the Phone LA New podcast. Today, we're joined by online business mentor and Forbes top 10 entrepreneur, Lauren Tickner. Lauren, how are you doing? Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you. Grateful to be here. It's a nice Sunday morning. So, what better way to start a day than a nice podcast, huh? Yeah, exactly. It's a good day um, and it's a good podcast. So, you picked the right one to come on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so if you don't mind, I always say it's important to understand where someone is now to look back at their past a bit. Um, so firstly, if you don't mind, uh, briefly explaining who you are and what you do, and then we'll, we'll rewind the clocks a bit after that. Yeah, so 23-year-old entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18. And I help people build online coaching and consulting businesses. So like online courses, coaches, whatever. And the reason I do that is because I used to be an online fitness coach myself and it allowed me to break free from the corporate rat race that just wasn't fulfilling and rewarding to me. And I just really loved the freedom that it provided me with. And so now I'm really passionate about helping other people create that life of freedom for themselves because my brother's just disabled and so I've seen someone who hasn't had the ability to take control of their life and so that's really important to me and that's ultimately what I love doing now. Nice and how, what was your sort of interest when you was uh, I say younger when you was a kid because you're only 20 something so when, when you was a kid at school what are some of the things you're interested in was it was it business or did you find that later on? Yeah so I mean, I, I guess most of your audience is probably UK, which is interesting yeah. for me because most of the time I'm speaking to like Americans. So I guess you guys will understand it better than my <laughs> usual audience that I'm speaking to, which is cool. So for my A-levels, I did politics, economics and French. So that kind of like says it all really. I mean, I wanted to, I had two visions, okay? Long-term vision was to have had a really successful career in finance, having been a CEO of a FTSE 100 financial firm, right? That was what I wanted to do. But after that, I wanted to go into politics. And so I have these two interests. And I, when I was 18, a few of my friends had found sort of 
you know, eight month placements for their gap year before they went to uni. Mm. And so I was like, huh, this is kind of cool. And my school was a massive proponent. Like they really wanted people to do that. And so I was like, okay, I'll look into them. But my school offered, they weren't really what I wanted to do. It was like places like, I think Procter and Gamble and that type of thing. And I was like, no, I want to be putting my suit on, going up into the city, working in finance and just doing my thing there. And so I just relentlessly researched how to get a placement at a financial firm. And so I, I, mean, I ended up finding um, a few. And so I did all these assessment days and people who were there, they were all people that had master's degrees in investment and such. And somehow I ended up getting one at Jupiter Asset Management. And so I did that and I loved the idea of it, loved it. And then a month went by and I realized that the people around me, none of them were happy. None of them were doing what they wanted to do. There were people that sat behind me that had kids my age and some of the kids were older than me. And they would always say how they weren't able to take their kids on holiday that that year because their car broke down and they needed to pay for that instead and this, this and this. And I looked around and I was like, this is crazy because if I stay in this job, I'm ultimately just working to becoming them. Yeah. And I realized, wow, these are some of the wealthiest people in the country, but they still don't have freedom. And so that was when I really realized, okay, I can't keep doing this. And so while working at that job simultaneously, I was posting fitness content onto Instagram and making YouTube videos because I had had a whole, a whole fitness journey where I lost a load of weight, whatever. And um, so through that, I ended up leaving that job, started online fitness coaching, and it was crazy just how much my life changed and how rewarding it was. So that's sort of that in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and am I right in saying you were sort of bullied? You said that you lost a lot of weight and got into fitness. Was that because of bullying? So the boys from my year, they would call me Mackie D's, right? Because I was overweight, as in like McDonald's. Yeah. And because I had a shiny forehead when I was going through puberty, you know? And so I was always friends with the quote unquote, you know, popular people. And I was actually friends with everyone. I wasn't really one of those people that really cared about that type of thing. But I was in sort of that group. But it was weird because the boys just picked on me. And it was because I was significantly bigger than my friends. And so I lost weight really unhealthy. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother story. So I don't think we have time to like go into that today. But I have shared a full episode on my podcast, Impact School, where I go into detail on that. But um, yeah, I think it definitely, fitness definitely has given me the drive in business that is absolutely necessary. Because I think if you can control your mind, then you can control your life. Mm. And that's one of the most powerful things that a lot of people who get into business and who want to create their future they don't even think about maybe they'll do some personal development but they consume all this content and they never actually implement what they're learning because when you are learning it feels like you're moving forward but learning alone isn't enough you then have to go ahead and implement because what's the point in having all this knowledge in your head if you're not actually using it And so that's the biggest difference I think that I have found is when I switched away from consuming, consuming, consuming to actually consuming a little bit, then implementing and then ultimately creating. That was when my whole life changed. And now talking about change, you're you're influencing so thousands and thousands of people. You you work with Gymshark and you have hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views even on YouTube. So how, how did that start to change for you? When did you notice a difference and how quickly did you go from 
normal girl into this massive influencer? It's interesting because I feel that my period of my life when I was a quote unquote influencer came and went, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel that now I don't really see myself as that at all. I see myself just as someone building businesses, right? I just, I love business. And so I sacrificed, sacrificed, you know, I, I gave up the, um, the, the massively engaged following in exchange for building businesses because I found that when I was working with Gymshark and all these brands and doing all of these like really viral videos, I don't know. I mean, you get a bunch of comments, a bunch of likes, but it's kind of like vanity metrics because those people that are watching those videos, they're watching all the other videos from all the other influencers, right? Mm. And whereas now I work with a smaller number of people, well, we have a lot of clients, don't get me wrong, but it's like still a smaller number. And I'm really working with them to truly change their lives. And for me, it's more about the fulfillment. And simultaneously, my business, it, it's kind of been crazy. I mean, the more my views have gone down, the more my revenue has increased. <laughs> and um, it's just interesting because I think what you focus on expands, right? And so when you're focusing on getting views, 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 you're gonna get views, but you're not focusing on actual things that probably are gonna move you forward more so. So um, yeah. I heard, I was watching your Gymshark video where you explained like how that sort of relationship ended. And it's exactly what you said there, isn't it? You, you were more focused on selling your courses and focusing on you and your personal brand, whatever you want to call it, on yourself, right, rightfully so. And obviously because of that Gymshark, like the popularity of the Gymshark like, uh, agreement went down as you focus on yourself. And, and as well as that, you said about the vanity metrics. And I think that's a big, big point because a lot of people will think, oh yes, I got 100,000 likes on this photo. But if you're not converting it into something meaningful, something valuable, then what's the point, you know? Exactly. And that was a big wake up call for me hmm. because I always just found that when I was focusing on views, then I wasn't focusing so much on my clients. And when that happens, I think it's just, yeah, it's just a, a, a dangerous rabbit hole to get into. And so what I would say is that while building an audience is really, really valuable, what's more valuable is having a smaller group of people who are actually going to invest with you and join your programs, your coaching, get consulting from you. And this is why I'm such a big fan of high ticket right selling high priced products services because at the end of the day for the majority of people who want to make let's say ideally six figures that's what 8.88 grand per, per month mm. so ultimately if you can get like three to four clients paying you two to three grand a month then you're sorted and it's just so much less stressful right it's an easy to operate business model because you have fewer clients which means that each client gets more attention from you and they therefore get better results, which means they're happier. They, they're going to refer more people to you and simultaneously you're going to get better testimonials, which makes it easier for you to make more sales into the future. So everybody wins <laughs> and it's just a, an easier to manage lifestyle. So then you can build a business around the life that you want rather than building your life around your business or your job. Because if you're doing all this crazy stuff, you're just creating a job for yourself, not a business. Mm. Well, you, you're clearly um, sort of open to the idea of talking about money and you're not scared of reaching out for the higher things because I had someone on, from The Apprentice on my podcast the other week 
and, and they mentioned money blocks um, and they said it's a lot it's something that a lot of people have when they're they feel awkward talking about money and you clearly don't have that am i right it's a very british thing okay i used to feel so awkward talking about money my granddad he just had to shut he had like a, a very small insurance or indemnities business i don't really know what he was doing it was him and one and my auntie working together that was it and he shut it down because he's really really unwell right now and he his his well my grandma came to me because i know a lot about investing and because i will openly speak about that type of thing and so she came to me and was like hey lauren you know can we sit down and talk about this because my granddad wouldn't even bring it up with me right because he just doesn't want to talk about money he's from glasgow you know they're very very they don't even speak about it even less so in, in scotland and so i think that the reason why i'm open to talking about money is because I have kind of put myself into this USA community, mm. right? And in America, they love talking about money. They're very open to it. And it's been a bit of a strange situation for me because at first I was not like that. But only through actually educating myself, learning more and more. Obviously, I worked in asset management, right? Wealth management. So I kind of had to talk about it there. But even so, people on that they don't really glorify making money in the UK. I think in the UK, if you post about, oh, I'm getting all these clients and this, this, and this, people gossip about you. In fact, there was one thing that happened. It was Christmas Eve, not the last Christmas Eve, but the one before. And I was sat in my living room with my dad and my ex-boyfriend. And I, it was really late at night. It was like 11.30. And I received a text from my best, like my old best friend's sister, right? So a girl that I've known since I was like 10. And so I knew that family really, really well. And the sister had also gone to my university before I dropped out, right? And that's a, that's a different story. But I received this screenshot of a post that one of my team had put on my LinkedIn. And it was where I was holding like a wad of cash because I'd done a cash giveaway on my Instagram, but my team had used that photo on my LinkedIn. Now I wouldn't have wanted them to have actually done that, which it was kind of a bit of a disconnect because it went up without me. It we were like running low on content and they just put something up really last minute. So anyway, it was about money mindset, this post, but I was like holding a bunch of money. And so it kind of looked stupid. And so the girl then screenshot it and sent it to me saying, who does she think she is? Because she obviously meant to send it to her sister. Right. And so while the post was all about money mindset and it was really positive, again, it wasn't well received because I just think that that's how things are here. And so I think that the more I've learned about money, the more I've educated myself, the more I've realized what I don't, because you ultimately don't know what you don't know. So as I've started to know more, then I'm more open to talking about it. Right. Because I understand that money isn't hard to make. And I know that sounds ridiculous because I used to think that it was. I used to think it's really hard to make money. You have to hustle for it. You have to grind. You shouldn't talk about it. Money's evil. Money doesn't go on trees. But it really, that's just not true. And I think the more open you are to talking about money, the more easily you can make it. Because again, what I said earlier, what you look towards expands. And I don't think it's good to be obsessed with making money, but I just believe money is a byproduct of value. And so the more value that you're putting out there into the world, I believe the more money that you're going to make. And I have definitely seen that in the past 18 months, especially. Hmm. 
How is it? It's a bit of a weird question, but how easy is it to actually make money? Because you seem to be doing a lot of good work with your impact school. Um, so if you don't mind telling us a bit more about the work you do and then how easy it is to actually make money online as well. Yeah, I mean, so one of my clients yesterday posted into our Facebook group. So she's in the US and she she just said, I downloaded a financial like mapping app, right? To calculate how much she was making and so on and so forth. And um, she said, I didn't realize how much I made in May. And she made 13.3K wow. and she didn't even realize. But the month, like, the month before that, I think she made about six. And then the month before that, she made around three. And so she joined with us, I think it was in the beginning of April. So she pretty much doubled her income that first month. And then from there, she more than doubled it. You see what I'm saying? And so the reason being is because we've showed her how to clearly communicate her value and to actually sell something that people want. So she is a, an online coach and now she's changing all these people's lives. And it's just funny because when you don't kind of have an understanding of how much you are making, I think you don't realize, right? You don't realize when you don't know your, your income every day, when you don't know your expenses. So one thing that I do that I will never outsource to my team is every day I calculate how much cash we collected and then how much went up every single day. And then I also show my ad spend that we haven't even been running any ads like the past month because my ad account's broken, but whatever. And so it's just interesting because I don't think it's as hard as people think because everybody has something that they're good at. Everyone has something that they're experienced in. And so that's why I love helping coaches and consultants because they are really people who are helping people in businesses. Mm. And it's just such a, it's such a great industry because you're able to use your knowledge, your experience to help other people and people pay a lot of money for that. And I think until you, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And so if you are going to, say to someone, you know, my price is 100 pounds a month versus, oh yeah, it's 10K. You just don't know, right? And oftentimes people will say yes and you'd be surprised. And then you're more bought in and so are they and so on and so forth. And it's crazy how you can like you tap into your passion and the amount of people that are tapping into their passion, but they're not making the most of it. Like you mentioned, like yourself and especially like Grace Beverly as well. You guys both tapped into your passion and found, found a way to sort of uh, relieve some of the issues that your audience are having and I saw in a video you mentioned about the mig the migraine I don't know if you remember this but you said like when you walk into a, like a boots or whatever right. drug and you have a migraine you, you look for like the targeted thing so the packaging that says migraine relief pills or whatever it is you're sort of drawn to that yeah exactly that's all about finding your niche right and just on a side note grace is awesome um so we were actually with gymshark at the same time and it's just been really cool to see how like we both started in the same place but now we're doing such different things but yeah it's it's great to see someone who's just gone all in on what they're best at but with that said um yeah exactly it's like finding out what problem you can solve because humans they want to move away from pain that's ultimately what we want and so if you can help people do that, and if you can communicate that clearly, then I think that that's what matters the most. It's all about what is the outcome you're taking someone else to. So many people try to sell the thing when really it's not the thing that matters. It's the outcome. And that's the biggest differentiator. It, you've given lots of different pieces of advice, but if I can try and get you to summarize one, the most important bit of advice for people looking uh, much like you to get out there and 
and make a make a profit but also make a change at the same time in their in their area of interest if you can give one piece of advice to those people that'd be great if you can yeah, I mean, it really is a case of figuring out what's the outcome that you're going to take people to. And then from there, figuring out who are those people that you're going to take there. Because again, let's say you help people with their fitness, while everyone may need fitness help, right? Because everyone should be fit and healthy. It doesn't mean that you should focus on everyone because that's not going to be, that's not what's going to be profitable. You need to focus on a specific group of people who have the problem that you can best solve. And then you need to figure out and reverse engineer how to get them there. But rather than building out an entire program or offer or whatever, and the whole product line, instead, what you need to do is just find a small group of people. We call them test pilots here at Impact School. Work with them closely, gather feedback from them. And then once you've done that, then you can scale, right? Once you've implemented that feedback. And so... You can do this in what well, I'm obviously focusing on the service-based industry, but pretty much same goes with products and so on and so forth. I just don't know a lot about the product industry just because I haven't gone all in on that. And I'm okay with that because I just, I love right now the services and in the future, I think in products, yeah, I probably will go down that route, but I think it's a lot easier for people to start in the service-based industry using their existing knowledge and experience. And they don't need to focus on having a big following. If you can literally get five people paying you two grand a month, you're, you're good. Yeah, sorted, yeah. <laughs> Talking of future plans, what, what's next for you then? What's next for Impact School as well? Yeah, so scaling, just consistently bringing in more and more clients, hiring more people. I'm in the process of trying to acquire a social media marketing agency as well as a video production company, um, just because I think it's really important to turn your liabilities into assets. And so doing that will be a great way for me to, I guess, liquidate a lot of that investment that I'm putting out. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's essentially what I'm focused on, just scaling up, hiring and um looking for new ways to grow and bring in new clients final hard-hitting question from me what do you want your legacy to be at the end of this well at the end of the day i really want to do everything i can to provide a cure for epilepsy that's my biggest thing because my brother has epilepsy so it's a bit of a curveball probably unexpected um but yeah that's a massive massive thing and i think i like it's that or helping families who have disabled children. I'm not too sure yet where I can have the best impact. Right now I'm kind of fo focusing on both. Um, I don't know which one will be the most feasible for me to provide a solution to, but that's something that is near and dear to my heart. And I think it's so important to have a bigger reason why for everybody, rather than just making money and your own personal motivations. Because they get you started, but they won't keep you going. I love that. I wish you the best of luck with that. It sounds amazing. I definitely didn't expect that answer. Um, so best of luck with that. The floor is now yours. If there's anything you'd like to say to the audience listening, anything you'd like them to go do, please do say now. Yeah, for sure. I think when it comes to this type of thing, having conversations about what you've heard is the most valuable. And so if this has been useful, then I have a podcast called Impact School. Just type it in on any podcast provider. It's I-M-P-A-C-T and then a space and then S-C-H-O-O-L. And so you can go subscribe to that, check it out. And um, I just think that a lot of people, they, they miss out on so much of their life because they get caught in, well, I, I think people's biggest addiction is their paycheck. I saw, some, I saw a quote of that one time. And uh, when people realize that, then they're going to be able to get so much more um, fulfillment through what they're doing. 
right? It's scary for sure. People are going to judge you. But anyway, I'm rambling now. But yeah, go check out Impact School. And if this has been helpful, it's really cool when people share it, tag us both. I'm just Lauren Tickner on any social media platform. Um, and I look forward to hearing how you found it. Perfect. Like I said, thank you very much for coming on and best of luck. Um, I look forward to seeing your progress throughout the rest of the year. Um, you're doing a lot. So yeah, best of luck with that. Yeah, no, likewise. And I think what you guys are doing is great. Um, definitely keen to stay connected and it's cool to find other UK-based entrepreneurs. Definitely. Thank you. See you. Thank you. If only they knew the hub for young business minds.